As you sit, sit comfortably. Feel if there's any tension in your body. If so, take a deep breath and relax. We said yesterday that the word heart and the word mind were the same word in terms of the Buddhist psychology. That is literally true. Rather than thinking the words are appearing in your head, you can feel them emerging from the center of the chest, not the anatomical heart, but right at the center of the chest is the base of the mind. You can gently breathe in and out of that area. Becoming aware of it. From that place, you can feel the emergence of the phrases. Very gently directing the feeling of loving care and kindness and connectedness towards yourself. May I be free from danger. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I have ease of well-being. quietly and gently allow the words, the phrases to emerge from that area of the heart-mind. May I be free from danger. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I have ease of well-being. Don't engage in a struggle with anything. Objects arise that are distracting or disturbing. Let them go. Don't try to hold on to them. If 
figure them out. Don't try to push them away with anger or judge them. Simply recognize that a distraction has come. You are no longer with this chosen object. Let it go and return. Start again. If you feel yourself starting to get agitated, planning, thinking, creating, see if you can say just one phrase, completely wholeheartedly, being present, disregarding what has already gone by and what may be coming next. If you feel yourself getting sleepy or sluggish or bored, try to bring the attention very close to those phrases and pick up the energy. Just one phrase. May I be free from danger. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I have ease of well-being. Remember, you can search the world for anyone that is more deserving of this feeling than yourself and not find this person. May I be free from danger. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I have ease of well-being.
be free from danger, have mental happiness, have physical happiness, have ease of well-being. The words that you say may go through various changes, may become louder or softer, very accessible or very difficult. You can allow this to happen however it does naturally. The act of concentration is taking all of our energy, which is normally scattered all over the place, and gathering it in, harmonizing it, making it powerful, unified. Take all of this energy, which is normally scattered, gather it in around the cultivation of this feeling through the repetition of the phrases. That's why there's no forcefulness in this at all. You simply gather in, bring together, collect all of our energy. Bring it into harmony around one object. So if you feel lost or confused or distracted, See if you can simply let go and begin again, and then again, and then again.
and thinking about a benefactor, someone towards whom you feel gratitude or respect. Hold a sense of that person in your heart and direct those phrases towards them. Using yourself as the witness. Just as I want to be free from danger, so may you be free from danger. Just as I want mental happiness, so may you too have mental happiness. Just as I want physical happiness, so may you too have physical happiness. Just as I want ease of well-being, so may you too have ease of well-being. May you be free from danger. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being. can reflect for a few moments on the particular things this person has done for you. And extend the feeling through the repetition of the phrases. May you be free from danger. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being.
one moment at a time, one phrase at a time. Very gently, but with all of your energy gathered in, settled upon the expression of the phrase. Not moving off of it, not reaching beyond it. Just this one moment, this phrase, settling there. May you be free from danger. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being. And then choose a good friend, someone that comes to mind, that you feel close to, not necessarily gratitude towards. And again, holding the sense of this friend Extend that feeling of loving care towards them. May you be free from danger. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being. Be free from danger. Have mental happiness. Have physical happiness. Have ease of well-being.
the mind wanders. As soon as you realize that, without taking the time to chastise yourself or judge the content of the thought or try to figure it out, just as soon as you realize that it has been wandering for however long, let go and return, become reconnected through the repetition of the phrases. May you be free from danger. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being.
The word bhavana, which is usually translated as meditation, actually means cultivating or bringing forth. It's like giving birth to some quality or attribute. This is the process that we're engaged in. An example that is used a lot to describe meditation is that of walking a tightrope. If you're walking a tightrope somewhere, then the obvious quality that is most important is that of balance. If you stop paying attention, you get too relaxed to the point of sluggishness and you're going to fall off the tightrope. And if you get too tense and too agitated and trying to anticipate what might be coming next and next, instead of paying attention to just where you are, again, you'll fall off the tightrope. So it's balance. Being able to be with just this moment in a very full and balanced way. It's even more complex than that. Because as you're walking along on this tightrope, maintaining this sense of poise and balance, it's like all these different things come whizzing by. There are sights and sounds, images, ideas, memories, emotions, realizations, all kinds of things come by. Still, what we need to do is stay connected to the sense of balance. If what comes up, what is whizzing by us, are things that we find pleasant, then the conditioned tendency is to reach out towards them, to want them to stay, to want to get involved in them, have them linger. In that reaching out, we lose balance. We fall off the tightrope. Some of the things that come by we find quite unpleasant or difficult. And so the conditioned tendency is to reach out with aversion, to strike out against it, to make it go away, or to recoil in fear from it. This also will have the effect of having us lose our balance. And once again, we'll fall. What I like about that image is knowing that having done one of those, having reached out to hold on or to push away, having lost balance, fallen off the tightrope, going hurtling through the air, what we land upon invariably is yet another tightrope. And so we start again. If at all possible, allow the different images and memories and thoughts and feelings to come and to go without losing balance. They'll come, let them be there, let go of them. Come back to the chosen object. Don't hassle about them. Don't be afraid of them. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to strike out against them. Yet don't get drawn into them, lost in them. As soon as you become aware, 
that you have been lost, if it's been for one minute or two minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it does not matter. Just in that moment is the moment that you can begin again. You'll see many things come and go. No matter what they are, see if you can maintain that sense of balance and connection to the repetition of these phrases. Beginning by generating the feeling of loving care through the repetition of the phrases directed toward yourself very gently, but staying connected to this, staying in touch with this repetition. the meaning of the words. May I be free from danger. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I have ease of well-being. one phrase at a time, staying connected and balanced. comments, what's happening out there. You mean to think, uh, do details come up that you reflect upon, or they're just forming the context within which you're saying the phrases? Yeah. Okay. In terms of what you actually repeat, it would be best to keep it simple, you know, and just say the basic words over and over again. In terms of what they mean to you, they may mean different things for different people. Um, but rather than elaborate in the actual repetition, it would be best just to stay quite simple. Since that, those four phrases cover a lot of ground. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
The question was what to do when physical discomfort comes up and what's the priority, staying still or being comfortable. Up until the point where it is really affecting you strongly, try to stay still. See if you can put it aside and just be with the phrases. If, in fact, it is making that energy kind of frenzied, you know, you're trying to grab onto the phrases to push away the pain, it would, you know, first try to relax, and if it's not working, it would be better just to move. You know, but sometimes there's a way of selecting an object and paying attention to it, paying attention to it so that even very strong things that come up tend to recede. You know, because you're giving such wholehearted attention to this one chosen thing. So give it a try. And if it doesn't work, then just move. Okay, the question was about uh, when the practice is feeling dry or even insincere, because there's no feeling with the words. Like with any practice, you will go through a lot of changes with it. And the important thing is to try to keep repeating the phrases, no matter how it feels. Even if it feels dry, even if it feels insincere, consider it a craft. One way of viewing concentration is as cherishing something. You know, we decide what the object is going to be, and then we cherish it. We hold it really dear. We stay close to it. That means that if your energy gets too strong, it's like, you know, if you're holding something very fragile in your hand and you clutch it, it's going to shatter into a thousand pieces. But if you're not holding it carefully enough, you know, it's just going to drop out because there's, there's not enough connection. And so what we do is we cherish these phrases and we hold them in that way, not too tight, you know, not too um, forcefully or energetically, but not too loose, you know, really just staying connected to them. And that will do everything. That is doing the practice. The rest will come and go and change, and sometimes it will feel absolutely fantastic, you know, and you will be happier than you've ever been in your entire life. And sometimes it will be so boring that, you know, you will just want to cry. <laughs> and on and on it goes. It just does its thing as it, as it unfolds. And yet what our commitment is, is simply to cherish this. You know, and to stay connected to it, and to be able to accept all the different places it takes us. Yeah, Gloria. Um, it's fine if you have the sense of the mind reaching out, as long as it's not reaching out discursively. You know, the, one of the most difficult things about doing this practice is that you are call, calling people to mind. And so the temptation is to sit and think about them. You know, the first time I ever did this practice, there I was, far from home in Burma, you know, and 
I was being instructed to call all these beings to mind. So I'd sit there and i think, oh, good, you know. I wonder what so-and-so is doing right now, you know. Wouldn't it be great to be home? And it was just on and on it went. Um, it's fine if the mind reaches out in the sense of moving to make that connection, but not to, to just spin out about this person. Mm-hmm. I actually think it does both. I don't think it's exclusively for the purpose of um, the cultivation of absorption, which is that state of union. You know, with, there is no sense of separation or separate self extending a feeling towards an object. I mean, it does that. And it also develops the power of concentration. And it also in a very ordinary sense, develops an ability to connect and to um, experience loving feeling in a whole variety of situations. Gloria? Yeah, I think there is actually healing taking place. This is, this is what people commonly say, that there's a tremendous sense of healing. Okay, let's walk. Patience is a virtue that is highly praised within Buddhist circles, but not considered so terribly important in the materialist world, where efficiency and getting what we want instantly are far more desirable. With all the instant things that are produced now, As soon as we feel a desire, a need for something, we can get it quickly. And if we can't get it quickly, we become very annoyed or upset and complain. This country is going to the dogs. We hear that all the time, don't we? People complaining about everything. Notice in sitting, when pain arises in your body, how impatient you become. If you have a fever or become sick, Notice how you resent the inconvenience, the annoyance of the body. The virtue of patience is probably the most important one for us to consider at this time. Because if you don't have patience, then of course spiritual development is an impossibility. So I might think, I don't want to be bothered with this path because it takes too long a time. I want to get enlightened instantly, quickly so I don't have to wait around doing boring things, doing things that take time that I may not feel like doing. Maybe I can take a course or take a pill, have some kind of machine and get enlightened quickly. You don't have to sit around in a monastery, just take a pill and you'll be enlightened. Go to the chemist or to the dope peddler and you don't have to commit yourself to anything. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that was all one had to do? Somehow it's not. Now in a monastery, the development of patience is a part of our way of life. In Thailand, in the forest monasteries of the Northeast, you have a chance to become very patient because their life is much less efficient and you have to endure. 
You have to endure through all kinds of unpleasant physical experiences, such as malaria in the hot season. The hot season in the Northeast is one of the dreariest things I've ever experienced in my life. You wake up in the morning and think, not another day, everything seems so dreary. You think, another hot day, an endless day of heat and mosquitoes and sweat. A seemingly endless day and one day after another. And then one reminds oneself, what a wonderful opportunity for developing patience. You hear about modern American ways to enlightenment, where you can get involved in the most interesting kinds of personal relationships and scientific machinery, doing absolutely fascinating things to each other and get enlightened. And here you are, sitting in the hot season, a hot, dreary day, endless, in which one hour seems like an eternity. You think, what am I doing here? I could be in California having a fascinating life, doing fascinating things, getting enlightened quicker and more efficiently. California is much more advanced and with it than the northeast of Thailand. And then you think, I'm developing patience. If I just learn to be patient in this lifetime, I've not wasted it. Just to be a little more patient, it's good enough. I won't go to California, get caught up in those fascinating encounter groups, modern therapies and scientific experiments. I'll just sit here and learn to be patient with a mosquito biting my arm. Learn to be patient with an endless, dreary hot season that seems to go on forever. Just learning to be more patient with things as they are, with oneself, one's hang-ups, one's obsessive thoughts, restless mind, and with the way things are externally. The wisdom of the Buddha is a very humbling wisdom And it takes a great deal of patience to be wise like Buddha. Buddha wisdom isn't a particularly fascinating kind of wisdom. It's not like being a nuclear physicist or a psychiatrist or a philosopher. Buddha wisdom is very humbling because it knows that whatever arises passes away and is not self. So it knows that whatever condition of the body and mind arises, it is conditioned. And whatever arises passes away. Think about the space in this room. Is it very interesting to look at? It's not to me. The space in this room is like the space in the other room. The things in this room might be interesting or uninteresting or whatever. Good, bad, beautiful, ugly. But the space, what is it? There's nothing you can really say or think about it. It has no quality except being spacious. And to be able to be really spacious, one has to be patient. As there's nothing that one can grasp, one recognizes space only by not clinging to the objects in the room. When you let go, when you stop clinging, your absorptions, judgments, criticisms, and evaluations of the beings and the things in the room starts to fall away. You begin to experience the space of it. But that takes a lot of patience and humility. In meditation, we see what is happening in the mind. We listen to the fears, the doubts, the worries. But not in order to come up with some fascinating, interesting conclusions about ourselves as being anything but just as a recognition, a recognition of what is happening. 
Buddha wisdom is just that much. In your meditation now, as you meditate, you'll experience your habitual grasping, fascination, revulsions, fears, doubts, and worries. And you can recognize that they're just things that come and go. They're not self. They're nothing to get excited about or depressed about. They are as they are. We're free and patient and enduring enough to allow things to take their natural course. In this way, we liberate ourselves from struggle, strife, and the confusion of an ignorant mind that has to spend all its time evaluating and discriminating, trying to hold on to some things, trying to get rid of others. Reflect on what I've said and have all the time in the world to endure the unendurable. What seems to be unendurable is endurable if you are patient. As you sit, you focus the mind, you settle the mind upon the extension of loving feeling and the repetition of the phrases. Many, many things will come and go. Beautiful things and desirable things and difficult things, frightening things, all kinds of mind states, physical experiences. Allow them to arise and pass away. Don't cling and don't condemn. If you realize that you are becoming absorbed in them, you're losing connection, you're losing touch with the repetition of the phrases, very gently but quickly, let go and return. Let go without judgment, simply as an act of dedication to renew your interest, renew your attention on the chosen object of concentration. You begin by extending the feeling of loving care, directing the phrases towards yourself. After some time, you can extend that feeling towards a benefactor, someone that you feel gratitude towards. And then after some time, extend the feeling towards a good friend. Having the mind settle upon the repetition of these phrases, not too stridently and not lazily, staying very present with it. You sit, sit in a relaxed posture. You can feel the breath arising gently in the area of the heart center. Just one moment at a time. 
along with that, you can say whatever phrases are meaningful to you in terms of what you wish for yourself. Very gently. And it can be any number of phrases. It can be the four, it can be two, it can be one. After some time, still with that gentleness, extending that feeling towards all beings. Those whom we know and those whom we don't know. Those near and far. those who have been good to us and those who have not. Very gentle repetition of the phrases in harmony with the breath moving in and out of the heart center. There's various thoughts plans, memories, feelings, hindrances arise. If you can see them quickly, disengage and come back and do that. Don't judge what arises in your experience. Don't cling to it and don't condemn it. Just see, this is what's happening right now. See if you can let go and come back to the experience of the breath and the repetition of the phrase or phrases. If you find that what is happening in the mind or in the body is just overpowering and it is a struggle to try to come back, then it is better at that point not to struggle. But rather to sit and quietly observe just what's happening right now. making that experience the object of attention, of meditation. With all of that spaciousness and kindness, just knowing, okay, this is what's happening. And then again returning 
feeling of the breath, the repetition of the phrase or the phrases. very important in this practice not to struggle. Trying to train the mind or train the heart in some way. It's almost like you have a frightened child on your hands that you're introducing to a new environment. You can see it as having a young puppy that you're trying to train. struggle or harshness, impatience, judgment doesn't help in any way. It takes a lot of beginning again and starting over, pointing out in order to do this kind of, of training, of reorienting successfully. Somebody once said that if you're finding yourself having a lot of trouble because you're judging your thoughts a lot or judging your feelings a lot, pretend that they're coming from the person next to you or the person behind you you and see how you start relating to them. Is it different? It doesn't help to judge and it doesn't help to struggle. If you're being very distracted by something that arises, if you can see it, try to let go of it and simply come back to the repetition of the phrase or the phrases, feeling of the breath, the heart center. If it is just overwhelming or you find that for whatever reason you cannot let go, You can't disengage. And you sit very quietly, perhaps using the breath as an anchor for the attention, and be with what is actually happening. Again, without being angry about it, and without clinging to it know that this is what's happening right now, and it's okay. This talk was given by Sharon Salzberg at Insight Meditation Society in April 1988. It is an offering of the Dharma Seed Audio. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.